This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're handling birth haters in episode number 158. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, ladies. It is Kristen, and I'm so excited to be here. We're going to be talking about a topic today that's an important topic, and that is how to handle birth haters. So when I say that, it's how do you handle the people who feel skeptical about your plans for a natural birth or who disapprove of your plans for a natural birth or who just are plain hostile to or even insulting of you. And we're also going to talk about another side of that coin, which isn't necessarily haters, but how do you handle when you make plans for your baby's natural birth and that causes feelings of guilt in other people because that's something as I've been having conversations with moms over the last few weeks I've heard that come up a few times that you have a hard time discussing birth plans or you even feel a little bit guilty about your birth plans because when you talk about it, another mom feels guilty and often feels defensive. And sometimes that's what fuels the, the quote-unquote haters that we get. So we're going to talk about those things today. So what do, you know, what do you do when you have those haters or when your birth plans make other moms feel guilty? How do you handle that? The first thing that I want you to do is to step back and ask yourself, why does that matter so much? If you look at the root of it, it often comes from people pleasing. Sometimes we struggle with people pleasing and I'm somebody who's always, I've always marched to my own drum. Uh, I've always been pretty headstrong and stubborn. I would like to think that as I've grown, it's developed into tenacity, but sometimes it's still just stubbornness. And certainly when I was younger, I was a stubborn kid. I, When I believed something, I believed it, and, and truly that's still the way that it is. But even I can see ways that I become a people pleaser or ways that people's reactions possibly check what I might do. And for some people, it's even more profound. Uh, I was in a group of women and we were discussing choices that we were making in various areas of life. And one of the things that came up again and again is if I made that decision, what would people think? If I did that, what would people think? And Birth can be highly charged emotionally. We should we should talk about that for a minute. Birth is charged emotionally, just uh, naturally, no no pun intended, but naturally birth has an emotional charge because you are literally bringing new life into the world. And that brings with it a lot. And there's so much more assigned to it even than just the fact that you're having a baby that you're bringing new life. You're not just bringing a human being into the world. You're bringing a person into your family. You're bringing a person into your community. You're bringing a person into your society. And especially if we go back to that family level, 
Think about it. This is why sometimes family members can be the biggest birth haters because you're bringing someone into the family and you are part of the family and you're bringing this new family member in. And especially if you grew up in a tight-knit family group or a group where where family really means a lot. Because there's some people, some families that just, they're not as tightly knit or the nuclear family doesn't, it just doesn't mean as much. People go their own way. But many people grow up in a family that is very tight-knit. And and this is part of growing and developing and making your own decisions throughout your life and especially in your teenage years or your early adulthood years, you may move away from the family a little bit as you find yourself and your place in the world. But many of us do come back to that family unit and all families. I just, I want to encourage you mamas with a, with a short tangent, but all families have their traumas and all families have their dysfunction and that can definitely be on varying levels. But we are all carrying a lot from generations and generations and generations of human beings who may not have been the healthiest people on the planet. And so even if your family, I don't think there's any family that's the perfect family or that doesn't have some level of dysfunction because we're all growing as human beings, including your parents. And some maybe chose not to grow and some maybe grew slowly and their growth impacted you in negative ways. But but chances are, Families are worth it, right? Our families are worth it. And it's worth trying to establish relationships, especially when we do have children. One of the things that we start to realize is how important it is for us to feel like our children have that sense of family and extended family. I'm so excited right now as I'm recording this. My dad's getting ready to retire. And I'm really hopeful. They they want, my parents want to move up here to be closer to us and the kids. And whoo, I'm just... I'm excited about that because I want my kids to have that input into their lives. And as I've gotten older, I've I've come to value my relationship with my parents quite a lot. They've been some of my greatest cheerleaders, especially over the last few years. As things have been tough, they've really been there for me. So that's that's a tangent, but talking about the importance of family. And when we think about that importance and we think about bringing a child into that, it can really impact how we look at things and the decisions that we make or the way that other people's feelings about our decisions impact us. So I want you to be aware of that. I want you to be cognizant of that. And going back to the perspective of those other people, they're seeing you bring this new person into the world and not just the world, but into your family. And the choices that you make on some level, they may feel say something about them. And then the choices that you make, of course, directly impact a grandchild. And when you're considering a natural birth or a birth center birth or a home birth, they may feel like, oh my gosh, they're doing something that's not safe with my grandbaby. Or they're doing something that is important to them, but they're they're putting themselves above the child. And especially if it's a first baby it may be more likely that family members would think this. And especially if you did do that stepping away from the family, making your own decisions, or this is that first time you're making your own decisions, they may be thinking that your birth plans say something more than they do. 
that your birth plans are perhaps just an extension of, say, that rebellion. I feel like that was probably the case. For me, I had my first when I was just 19, and it was on a streak of where I was, you know, I didn't make good choices. I was a stupid teenager, right? And a lot of my choices had been made in stubbornness and impulsiveness. And I just had that teenage brain and those teenage hormones. And, you know, girl or not, you just, sometimes you don't make the best decisions in your teenage years. And so I was on a streak. And I'm sure that my parents and other family members saw my decision to have my child at home as an extension of that. And there probably was some of that. And when I look back, I'm grateful for it because it helped me stick to my guns. But there was also a lot of research and conscious decision making. And one thing that I did do right was even in my teenage impulsivity, I chose good mentors. And fortunately for many of us, Uh, we can access good mentors when it comes to pregnancy and birth. One of the things that I joy in the most is being able to provide that guidance and mentorship with women, even one-on-one remotely, who maybe don't have that in their community. I was blessed to find it in a midwife who was very awake and and, um, aware, and I don't use that in the current politically correct term, but just in the way that she truly understood what moms and babies needed on every level throughout pregnancy and birth and even into postpartum and and through three of my first three babies. She was really there for me. But I'm getting a little bit off track here, so let me pull it back. So again, we're looking at how people can feel that something impacts them or that you may be making a decision that's a rash decision or a selfish decision or not a well-informed decision when that like for me wasn't you know there was a there may have been a piece of that in there but that really wasn't the case at all because I was making the decision for my child and, and you probably are too and it's it may be a different decision another thing that comes into play is people not understanding why you would go through that because they have different attitudes. For example, they may have the attitude that modern medicine is a blessing and that the fact that we have these pain relievers is a blessing. Or they may come from the perception that the doctor knows best. The doctor is the one who's been to school and they know best. And that those are both really common perceptions. Something that you may see, this this may even be the case for, say, a husband or a partner, but you might especially see it with male family members like your dad or an older brother or somebody who feels protective of you, is they have a hard time understanding why you might make those choices because they want to see you safe and protected. They don't want to see you struggling or in pain. And... So giving birth without pain medications is something that might feel unfathomable to them. I can remember my dad saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to see you in pain or I don't, you know, because we were talking about my decision to not have anybody else there at my baby's birth. And I know it was really hard for my mom, but my dad had said, you know, I don't know if I mind so much because I don't know that I want to see you in that level of pain. And... So those are just different perspectives that other people can come from. And what's the value in that? The value in that is it helps you to step back and objectively see 
where are these people coming from? What are their motivations? Where where might they be being activated or triggered? Some people, especially moms, grandmoms, aunts, they may come from stories, their own stories or stories of family members who struggled during birth or who had a traumatic birth or even a dangerous birth situation. And they can see that replaying in their mind or those are stories that they've been told. And they struggle with those things and they wonder, are you being foolish? Are you doing something that could put you in that situation? Or they may think that our family is predisposed to this or that. Oh, women in our family always have gestational diabetes. Or, oh, women in our family, they all need C-sections. And you will see that. You will see patterns of pregnancy problems, patterns of birth methods. But is that really because that's the way that it is in that family? Or is it because of a belief system and a pattern that that family has taken on? We see that families take on patterns. Things repeat throughout families. We talk about generational traumas. Uh, If you're coming from a faith-based perspective, you might look at generational curses. But even if you're coming from a secular perspective, we know that traumas and patterns and things pass down through families in the same can be true in birth and can be true in, in health. And there may be genetic predisposition to that, but there's also a lot of, you know, it's nature versus nurture, environment versus genetics. There is an environmental factor to that. But when you look at all of these things, when you step back, when you step back out of emotion, because haters are coming usually from a place of emotion. They may attempt to back it up with logic, But they're usually coming from a place of emotion because they have some sort of stake in the game. They have some sort of interest in it. And so they come from that place where they're letting their emotion influence them. And when you step back and look at it, I'm not saying that you should have to do this, but again, we don't live in a vacuum chamber. We don't live with just us. We live with family relationships And ultimately, one of the gifts of pregnancy and birth is the chance to grow personally and to to develop personally. And it may be that your growth is more. As you become a parent, you'll realize that one of your desires for your child is that they surpass you. They surpass you academically. They surpass you in financial success. They surpass you in relationship success. And also, when we look at personal development, You may hope that your child is farther along than you, that their faith journey is bolstered by yours. So what you want to do is just be willing to grow, be willing to be bigger, be willing to be bigger than your parents and your other family members who may be causing problems for you. Just be willing to be bigger than that. So step back and, and first realize that other people's issues are not really about you. So step back and just acknowledge that even say that this person's issues are about them and not about me and that is usually the case everything that I just talked about all of those perspectives that people come from those are all about them they're not actually tied to you they don't actually really have anything to do with you except for your this activating circumstance that creates an issue even if they talk about safety That's more about them and their fears and their worries. 
it's not really about you because the truth is, is that birth usually is safe and birth usually works. Even birth in third world countries where it can be more dangerous, usually birth works. That's how we got to where we are today. And especially when women are prepared or in a first world country, again, birth usually works. And when women are prepared, and know a lot, and it goes it goes far beyond birth, or I should say much farther back than birth. We're going back to, I, I would love to get each of you ladies in the preconception period, to be honest with you, and certainly first, second trimester, even third trimester, but there's so much that you can do to create safety. So, you know, all of that goes goes back much further and can be addressed on a logical, practical level. And there is there is more to that. I firmly believe it. I'm going to talk to you a little bit at the end of this episode about a webinar. I'm getting ready to do a masterclass. I'm getting ready to do, and, and we're going to talk about the fact that there are emotional, spiritual components to preparation for safe birth as well. But a lot of it is just practical, totally 100% practical. It may not be, it's simple. Simple practical may not be easy, may take some work. I want to encourage you to believe that pregnancy and birth take some work to have the outcomes that you want. But it's practical. It's logical. It's easy to talk about. So when you've got people who are worried about safety, they're coming from an emotional level because they're not coming from a level or they're coming from the level of the answer to safety is being in the hospital doing what the doctor says so that their medical intervention can save you and your baby from yourself. And that's just not really the way that birth works. Birth works because the body has been designed or has evolved, it doesn't matter what your worldview is, uh, has has been created and designed for the safe experience and on so many levels. It, it's created to, to grow a baby who's a healthy baby. It's created to birth a baby safely and to keep mom and baby safe through that process so that they're both alive at the end. And it's been created to facilitate a bond that makes sure that the baby gets the attention that he or she needs. And it's been created to facilitate an abundant milk supply that keeps the baby alive. And again, just that emotional connection that continues to foster the development of this human being until they reach adulthood. So that that system of the pregnant mom and baby, the mama baby, as I call it in my mama baby birthing classes, is a system that that has been designed or evolved, regardless of your worldview, has been designed to work and to preserve safety because the goal is, is a healthy and alive mother and the goal is a little baby that grows into another human being so that we have people, so that we have families, so that our legacy continues forward in the world. It's logical. It just makes sense because it's it's biology, it's creation, it's whatever. It's logical. So when people come from this sense that, oh my gosh, you know, this isn't safe, that's that's still an emotional place, even though they may try and make it sound like it's logical. So again, these people's issues are, are about them. They're emotional issues about them. And when you can realize that, and when you can be the bigger person really, and you don't ever have to discuss this with them. This can just be your own introspection. This can be your own processing. Or it may be that you need to process this with another person who's a safe person. Talk to a girlfriend who supports your natural birth or, you know, enroll mama baby birthing and come talk about this on our weekly <laughs> group calls, whatever. Uh, or, you know, hire me for a birth coach. Whatever you need to do, 
there are safe spaces and people that you can talk about this with, but it, it may not be the person that is the person who's emotionally involved and who is being a birth hater. But definitely, if you need to process this or if you want to get a perspective, if you want a new perspective, that's one of the things that I like to do on those mama baby birthing calls because I do, relationship issues do come up with some frequency. Again, birth is just a time for personal development and that that often means looking at relationships. And one of the things that I that I do is provide a different lens to look through or I try and step back and look through everybody's lens because that often brings that clarity. So if you need another person to support you in this, that's fine. But get that clarity, step back. And even if you're not completely right, then you can look at that. Look at that and say, where is this person coming from? And then I would invite you, Mama, again, this is talking about being the bigger person, not to walk in resentment because that can be an easy place to get to when you're looking at somebody's motives or when you're making, really, you're making assumptions about motives. You can't be certain about anybody's motives because you're not that person, which is one of the reasons why this is something that you do for you or that you do in a supported space, but you're not necessarily hurling accusations. And don't don't develop bitterness Give a little bit of grace, the same measure of grace that you would like to have for yourself when other people are having issues with you. Give that to other people. So give that measure of grace that they're coming from a place of really caring about you or they're coming from a place of their own traumas and their own woundings that they perhaps aren't ready to deal with in order to be healthier for you. And that's that's difficult, especially when we look at somebody like our parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles who we see should be more mature. But the truth of the matter is, is we've again spent generations denying that traumas happen and that they need to be processed. And so many people are really, you know, they're just really getting started on that journey or aren't even ready to take that journey. So give that measure of grace. Don't hold bitterness. Just use this as a point of awareness to help you step away and to help you be freed to help you be freed from that person's opinions or thoughts and able to think for yourself. So realize that their issues are not about you and that you get to make, you know, you get to make your own decisions. You get to make your own decisions. And and your decisions may be partially motivated by emotion as well. And that's okay. Not all of your pregnancy and childbirth decisions need to be made by cold logic. In fact, I really advocate for moms to combine so much. I talk about the three pillars of natural childbirth. Those pillars are the best start baby blueprint, which is really that practical, nitty gritty. How do I stay physically healthy? How do I eat right? How do I move right? How do I handle stress in my life? And you know, there's a, that emotional health component, but it's it's a little bit more practical. And then the instinctive birth code, and that that is also practical on a level because it's digging into tools, techniques, strategies to help you with birth. And that's also the the intellectual preparation for birth and making the choices that you need, that informed decision making. So that's also practical as well. But the final pillar, which I call the birth fear banisher pillar, is where you're doing that mental and emotional work for pregnancy and childbirth because it's such a profound thing because you you can't separate you from that either. And it's an important thing. 
it's an important thing. And what those things together help you to do is to to tap into yourself and your emotions and also to start to hone your instinct. We think about instinct as being instinctive. It's just there. And I want to encourage you to step into that and to feel that. But instinct is also something that's developed over time as you grow more skilled and as you gain more knowledge and those things become part of you, they help to hone and inform your instinct. And I actually do believe that women's wisdom, women's instincts are very important. So I don't want you to totally abandon that emotional place, that place of tuning in and feeling as well. But I but I want to encourage you that when we look at other people's things that's often the place that they're coming from and as before we shift into a little bit of practical when you realize that other people's issues aren't about you this also helps you to address when your decisions cause guilt in another person and that that may be like I said at the very beginning something that's motivating haters But when you see, for example, that other moms seem to be activated by your birth plans, oftentimes that's 100% about them and they're feeling guilty because they didn't make those decisions or it may be especially hard if you've got a friend who had planned and prepared for a natural birth and then that didn't happen and she hasn't been able to heal from that yet. That might be the hardest situation because you genuinely feel empathy for her, but you also don't want to have a negative impact on your own preparation. And that's the place where you have to step back and realize that this isn't, you know, that their feelings and thoughts are about them. And also your pregnancy and birth choices are about you. They're about what's right for you and your baby. They're not a commentary on your friend. And If you make a choice that is right for you and your baby, that's the only place you need to come from. You don't need to feel guilty. You can feel a level of compassion or sadness, but you don't need to feel guilty. And when people hate on you because that's not the experience that they chose and they're they're trying to mask feelings of guilt, you've got to step back and realize that that is not about you. That is about them. And just let, you know, let that stay with them. Don't take on other people's emotional burdens because you've got enough of your own. And you probably aren't the person to support them in processing that. It's probably going to be somebody, a trained professional or somebody who is just ready to come alongside them. Pregnancy is a great time for healing for you. And it may be a time that starts to heal some relationships But if it is a time where there's a lot going on in relationships, I would just encourage you to get support that you need because you're in a vulnerable place in pregnancy. And I would encourage you just to to protect yourself on a level. So yeah, let's finish up with some practical steps because we've talked a lot about theory really, but let's be practical. So how do you step past that? And really that first thing is realizing that those people's issues are about them and not you. But stepping past is it I practical preparation for the birth. So I already hinted at it. But doing that practical preparation to prepare for what's coming on all of those levels, physically, mentally, emotionally. Oh, sorry, let me say yawn come. 
uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I do believe that human beings are spiritual creatures. We know that science bears that out. So this is not necessarily talking about a particular faith-based perspective. But there is a spiritual component. And when you're bringing a new life into the world, that's probably going to come up. So all of that is there. But also that intellectual preparation, that getting informed, that making those choices analyzing things on a logical level, and then also doing that physical body work, that mental work, that heart work, that soul work. Those things are all things that will help you to prepare and bolster you so that you're better able to to know yourself and your position and your why and separate yourself from, from the other person's deals. I would also encourage you, if at all possible, to surround yourself with powerful women. This may be literally women in your area. This may be an online community of women. It it may be a group program like Mama Baby Birthing where you're able to be with a small, smaller cohort of women in a more interactive way. But surround yourself with powerful women, women who have birthed naturally, women who are planning to birth naturally, women who are unattached to their own birth experiences but just totally support you and you stepping into your power, look for that support because it will really help you because it it gives you that counterpoint to the messages that you may be hearing from haters and it helps bolster you and give you confidence. I know that in all the work I've done, pregnancy, birth, other avenues of advocacy that I'm involved in, Having somebody to be your cheerleader and having somebody validate you can be really powerful, especially um, I've done advocacy that's involved standing up in front of legislators and community or excuse me, committees and sharing stories that aren't pretty. And that knowing that I have people who validate me, who are on the sidelines supporting me, who are giving me a pep talk before I do those things has really helped. And so it's the same in birth when you've got somebody who validates you, who cheerleads for you. That is really important and can really help you. I would also encourage you to seek out powerful stories. That could be reading birth stories. There's tons of birth stories on naturalbirthandbabycare.com that you can read. I'll, I'll try and stick those, uh, you know, stick those in the show notes, a link to the birth stories so that you can go peruse those, that can be really helpful because you read in the birth stories, it's not just a straight narration recounting the birth, but it's, you'll see where moms talk about how they had to work through things and work things out to get to the point of birthing their babies. And that might help you as you think through that. Some, I'm sure, even talk about relationships or tension with other people. Oh, ladies, I'm so sorry. Another yawn. So though, And then, again, I already talked about the practical and physical things. That can be so helpful because it gets you just in that place where you feel ready, just like an athlete prepares uh, for her birth or an artist might do some grounding and centering and some study of other techniques and some practice, some practice of the techniques of masters before beginning their own creations. Those things, those practical things will really help you get ready. And then again, I just want to invite you to consider that mentoring, this can be that connecting with powerful women or a powerful woman. I know that for me, my first midwife became almost like a second mother to me. 
I was young and she really helped guide me. She went above and beyond really what a midwife uh, usually offers, which is a beautiful thing. But she really went above and beyond and mentored me in powerful ways. And it's one of the things that I feel excited about doing for women now. One of my greatest joys is when a woman that I've worked with one-on-one uh, lets me know that her baby has arrived and shares her birth with all of its challenges and all of its triumphs. It's just a good feeling to be able to pour into other women. And so I would encourage you, and that mentor may be a family member for you. It may be a mother or an aunt or a sister or grandmother who's gone through natural birth before you. Um, it may be a friend who's done that or somebody in your community. It may be your midwife or your doula. It could be somebody like me who offers that to you from remote because you don't have that locally. But I would encourage you to look to that because it can really make a huge difference in helping you get perspective and helping you know ways that you can help yourself prepare and just in giving you that that blessing of support and validation that you need as well as that as well as that push often mentors will push us and challenge us to grow which is again a beautiful thing during pregnancy so as we finish you know, I, I just want to encourage you again, I mentioned this before, but statistics are really in your favor. Most women can have healthy natural births. Statistics favor you, especially when we look at statistics that are unadulterated by current trends. If you look at the statistics of successful birth centers and midwifery practices, they have really low rates of intervention because most women can have healthy natural births. So that's in your favor. And that can just be a core baseline that you operate from when you're dealing with haters. And then again, just tap into that collective, tap into that power. You can go and you can join my private Facebook group where women are, are supporting each other and asking questions and getting support. Right now, you can go to naturalbirthandbabycare.com slash group to, to sign up for that. But again, and then again, it, you know, that mentoring, just that having somebody pour into you and be in your corner can be really powerful. So step back, realize that other people's things are about them and not about you. And get really firm in your choices. Understand your foundation. Surround yourself with powerful women. Get a mentor if you need that. And just get that support. Tap into that collective of women who are there ready to validate and support you. And and you'll be able to do this. So I promised that I would take a moment at the end. Uh, You heard me talk about the three pillars of natural childbirth. And I'm going to dig into that concept a lot deeper, dig into that, those keys, those secrets that can really help you be prepared for a natural birth. I've had eight babies. I've served countless women at this point. I've been to dozens of births and there are definitely some secrets that help mamas have a natural birth. And I've been working on a masterclass to talk about that. And I want to invite you to sign up for the masterclass. If you're listening to this in the future, definitely check this out as well. If it goes well, I will continue to do the masterclasses. So I want to give you this opportunity to just really dig in to these these secrets that make natural birth work. The, the statistics are in your favor and you can greatly increase your chances. So check that out, birthbabylife.com slash masterclass. We'll get you to the registration form. You can find out when one is happening. And I can't wait to see you there to have that, to be able to have that time of not just teaching and pouring into you, but also answering your questions and hearing feedback from you. So I look forward to that, birthbabylife.com slash masterclass. With that, I will talk to you next week. 
and I hope that you have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.